another day of training camp, another podcast. Let's get into it. of the daily panthers podcast i am your host wes taylor you can follow me at daily panthers on twitter or x whatever you want to call it in the twitter sphere or i guess not the twitter sphere anymore the exoskeleton there we go yeah follow me on in in the exoskeleton where i talk about all things panthers i really need to get into that more i apologize if i haven't been posting enough it's hard enough to keep a daily podcast running. This is 47 episodes that I have done up until that point. What is that, 30 minutes an episode? That's like a day's worth of content for you. So if you're just a new listener, there are 46 other episodes for you to go back and listen to. I can't promise that they'll be good. I hope that I've gotten better with each post. But who knows, maybe I still suck. I don't care. I don't know. But... Thank you so much for joining me today. We're going to be talking about training camp and Alvin Kamara and, or is it Kamara? I think it's Kamara. Alvin Kamara, training camp, fan fest, Bryce Young as always, Deion Jones. So let's jump into it. First off, a correction from my last podcast, Deion Jones. I didn't necessarily give Deion the flowers that he deserves for the career that he has had. He is he has been more than serviceable at this point although he is getting up there in age he is he was born in 1994 so essentially he is 29 I don't remember when his birthday is I just remember 1994 because it's the same year as my birthday but Deion Jones has been around for at least a bit he played with the Falcons Adam Schefter said 7 years I only found 6 years and he there was one season he only played 5 games and then after that season, he played 16 in three straight games. And then he got hurt for the Browns. And he was traded to the Browns. Now, this is the part that I was really harping on yesterday of him being a depth piece. Is that he was traded to the Browns for what I believe to be essentially a seventh round pick. It was like Deion Jones and a sixth round pick for, I think, a seventh round pick. So they didn't get much when they traded him. I think they kind of knew that he was shot in some ways. And this isn't an insult on Deion Jones. Well, I guess it kind of is an insult. I can't just backtrack like that. But, yeah, to call to call a player a depth piece is a bit of an insult. But it is true. Every guy on his team has a role, whether that is a depth piece, a special teams guy. We need them all. I mean, look at okay, Kamu. I, I know his first name now. I heard Frank Reich say it. So, Kamu... Grugier Hill. I don't know that G name, so I'll have to go and look up. It's hard to look up pronunciations for players who aren't like super popular, and you can't look up like a KGH highlight reel. But I will do that and see. And sometimes also the broadcasters don't say the names correctly, and they just sound it out or go with whatever they think. I mean, how many different ways was Antetokounmpo pronounced before he was an MVP in the league? So. I will have to go and hear him say it. Maybe he has a press conference somewhere where I can listen to it. But either way, Deion Jones is very serviceable if he can stay healthy. He is coming off a major injury, and he was just traded for essentially scraps and then released. So not only was he traded for scraps, but he was then he was the main piece of that trade and then was released for no compensation. When a team releases a guy, you know you have to say to yourself, "There's 
probably not much left in the tank, or at least they believe that there's not much left in the tank. So I hope that I'm wrong about that. But it is okay if he is a depth piece. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that we do need some depth at that position. And I think that he can back up Luvu. I don't think he's going to replace Luvu. Um, or whoever it is that he ends up. It's really hard to tell exactly where all the linemen and all the linebackers are going to be in this defense. Because as many have said before, it is a defense of much movement. And it's kind of amorphous. It's a blob. We don't know who's going to be where, who's going to be doing what, and even if they play a certain position, we don't know if that means that they'll line up in a certain place on the field. So we'll see. Uh, but aside from Deion Jones, we also have Fan Fest tonight. So if you're able to get out to that, have fun. Um, so this practice starts at 7 p.m. They'll have performances by the Top Cats, Sir Purr, Percussion, the Black and Brew crew, fireworks, a laser show, and practice. Don't forget that. So, and it will live from 7 to 9 on WMYT in Charlotte and the entire P Panthers TV network. So, Bryce Young looked good. Last training camp is, or last practice as well. They were doing some red zone drills. He went, I want to say like 8 for 13. And in his first four throws, he had three touchdowns and a drop pass. So, we're okay at this point with the way that he is performing. He did have another interception. He's had four interceptions in four practices. So I hope that everyone has gotten it out of their system to be super upset by an interception or anything like that. We haven't heard about any batted passes at this point. You know that there was a lot of talk about that before we actually got into the season. And at this point, it was already an issue for Baker Mayfield. We were already seeing the cracks in that armor. And at this point... We haven't really seen that. Um, he does move the park pocket really well, and hopefully our offensive coordinator will be able to move that pocket. Hopefully Thomas Brown, Frank Reich will be able to move that pocket really well. I think that's where Matt Cadu kind of failed with uh, Baker Mayfield. I want to say Bryce Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, because we knew that he had problems batting passes, getting passes batted. And we knew that he has always had trouble with that, but we didn't change our offense to fix that. We just hoped that the problem would go away or hoped that it was a result of something else in Cleveland. Whereas in Cleveland, he had a very good offensive line and some good weapons there and a great running back. And then he came to Panthers with a good offensive line, like average, serviceable, and a great running back and good wide receivers. And somehow he was in a bad situation. I don't get the excuses that are made for Panthers players once they leave Charlotte. It's like everyone wants to rewrite history and paint Banker Mayfield as a guy who never had a chance to succeed in an offense. When in reality, he was one of the statistically worst quarterbacks in the NFL. He lost his starting job to Sam Darnold, who was... I'm going to say it again, statistically one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL who is currently battling it out in San Francisco with Trey Lance for a backup role and Baker Mayfield who is battling it out with Kyle Trask in, the, in Florida where no one even knows if they still have a football team in Tampa Bay now that Tom Brady's gone. Why does everyone do this? Why is as soon as they leave the Panthers, oh, they're amazing. They're a great 
look at DJ Moore. No one even acknowledged him until he left the Panthers. And they're like, oh, they got fleeced. They gave up DJ Moore. It's like, y'all didn't care about DJ Moore until we traded him. And I love DJ Moore. But don't go rewriting it now. No, no, no. Uh-uh. No, he doesn't belong in the same tier as those other receivers. That's what you said. Not me. That's what you said. And Baker Mayfield, oh, he's never been in a good situation. He's never had a chance to shine. Well, he went from probably a top two offensive line and the best top, probably top two running back in the NFL and good receivers to a, and he got, yeah, he got traded, sorry. He got traded to a good offensive line, one of the best receivers in the NFL. And a top three running back. It's in not fantasy football, but in real football. It's Christian McCaffrey's up there, Nick Chubb, and Derrick Henry. That's your top three running backs in the NFL, period. And he's had two of those. And he's had a great offensive line. You want to keep making excuses for him. He got 11 wins with a great situation. Good for him. There's a reason he got traded. And a reason he got released. And then a reason he got released again. And y'all want to act like this is some news that Baker Mayfield didn't get signed by. Why didn't he get signed by Sean McVay? Huh? They had him. He was at the Rams. They had him. He got traded. He's been traded twice now and released once. And somehow the Panthers are the only ones that, oh, he's never been in a good situation. Oh, the Panthers shouldn't let him go. Whatever. At this point, whatever. You will see. I don't know how many chances this man gets, but you will see. It's like a tall guy in basketball. He has to prove that he can't play rather than the short guy who has to prove that he can. It's like the Panthers have to prove that they are good. Everyone else gets the benefit of the doubt. Not everyone, but a lot of teams. Everyone wants to crown the Saints already, but I've seen Derek Carr play. He's not special. He's good. Yeah, he's good, but he's not special. How many years was he in at the Raiders and he couldn't get the job done? He had bad defenses, I will give him that. But there's a lot of quarterbacks with bad defenses. He was in a tough division, yes. There's always going to be excuses available. This is coming from one of the biggest Phillip Rivers fans in the world. There's always going to be an excuse available. Oh, his defense was bad. His special teams was bad. His receivers were bad. Whatever excuse you want to pluck out, you got to get the job done, period. At the end of the day, you got to get the job done. And y'all want to crown everybody else in the division champs before the season even starts? I will acknowledge that there are things to acknowledge about other teams. The Falcons have an elite rush defense. Elite. Top three in the NFL, and they only got better. But they can't throw the ball. Their defense, suspect. They made a lot of veteran signings, but... Is that going to hold up? Are they going to stay healthy? By the time we play them, will they even be the same team? The second time we play them first game, but the second time, will it be the same team? <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. I hope that no one gets hurt, but that's the name of the game. The Saints, it's like you signed Derek Carr, you have a great offense, you have a good defense, but it seems like you can never put it together. I don't have a specific weakness for the Saints because they're good on paper because they're always good on paper. And now they have Derek Carr, and they're saying that's going to make the difference. Okay. We'll see, but we haven't had a problem with you lately. Beat you twice last year, and we sucked. So, 
do what you will with that information. And the thing about it, at the end of the day, this division is about who can make the least mistakes and who can suck the least. Right now, the Bucks are going to suck. The Saints should be good. Should be. Should is the five-letter word that gets them in trouble every year. And the Falcons could be great on offense. Could be. But, again, I'm supposed to be scared of Desmond Ritter, Derek Carr, and Kyle Trask? No. We have the best quarterback situation in the NFC South, and our guy hasn't played it down yet. We have the best quarterback in the NFC South. I'm just calling it right now. I'm calling my shot right now that Derek Carr, Kyle Trask, Baker Mayfield, and Desmond Ritter will have worse years than Bryce Young. Call me crazy. We'll see. I can come back to this episode 47, 13 minutes, and I'll come back to this prediction, and I'll write that prediction down. Whenever the season starts in September, I'm going to make predictions, and I will be sure that that will be one of them. And, you know, we'll come back to it at the end of the season and see. I'm a man of my word. But I am not worried about this division whatsoever. I am a little worried about other things outside of this division and things that are outside of our control that may or may not happen that I've discussed on this podcast before, especially injuries to our secondary. I think that will that will be a big problem for us if that occurs. If that occurs, all bets are off because we have a very big lack of depth there. C.J. Henderson is already injured. Keith Taylor is questionable. Not, not like injury-wise questionable, but just his history with us is questionable. Um, C.J. Henderson's history with us is also questionable. And then we haven't heard much out of, um, out of our, my guy Jamie Robinson out of camp. And our two cornerbacks are both coming off injuries. One of them a major injury. The other one having come off a major injury two years ago. I'm not going to get back into that. But if there are injuries in the secondary, of course I'll be concerned about that. The Panthers have their shortcomings too. We have no elite players on our offense. Is that going to be a problem? We don't know yet. We don't know, but I think it will. It will be a problem, and that's where you hope Bryce Young is able to sow those gaps, like I've mentioned, and be the point guard of this offense. But yes, of course, that is a concern for us, but I think that that is less of a concern than the concerns that the other teams in the division have. And also, with Saints fans, it brings me to my point of Alvin Kamara, or Kamara maybe, uh, that... He has his suspension coming up, so they might not even be with Alvin Kamara, or Alvin Kamara might not be with them for our first game on Monday Night Football. I think he's got a four-game suspension incoming. At the very least, I think it's two games. I don't think you suspend the guy just one game. He's going to get a suspension, so the only way it won't impact the game against us is if it's one game or less. It's going to be some sort, so really one game is the only way. But either way... He needs he needs four games. If you've watched the video, it's pretty bad. Um, I am going to go on my soapbox for a, just a second. The NFL and players in general, people in general, there are some things that you shouldn't do. And there are some things that you should be suspended for. So I'm going to be very clear with Alvin Kamara. If he would have gotten in a fight with another guy, let's say that he and another guy were at a bar and that guy challenged him to a fight, and they fought. I would not have a problem with that. I would not have a problem with that at all. I don't think you should be suspended for that. One, self-defense. Two, you, 
I'm I'm a big proponent of fight it out if you need to fight it out. Hand-to-hand combat only against another man. I think that that is perfectly fine if you two want to challenge each other to a fight and bear the consequences that come afterwards. I don't think that there even should be any consequences outside of the fight if that is the case because it's 1v1, mano y mano, a man versus a man. It is the honorable and brave thing to do. It is what should be done. 1v1, you versus another guy. I think that that should be no suspension whatsoever. If you hit a kid, obviously suspension. You hit a woman and it's not self-defense, obviously a suspension. You sucker punch a guy, obviously a suspension. If you get in a group of guys and you jump a guy, obviously a suspension. The things that they have in common of the things that I mentioned is that they're all cowardly and dishonorable acts. So I think that any cowardly or dishonorable act in terms of fighting or violence should be suspended by the NFL because it's just not right. It is not right to hit a woman or hit a man when they're not paying attention. Sucker punches, not okay. Self-defense, okay. Fight, 1v1, okay in my book. Even if it is, now this is going to be controversial, if it is self-defense against a woman and you need to fight back, I say go for it. You don't know what people are anymore. You don't know if they have a knife. If they're people are crazy now, they'll do anything. They, you don't. You don't know. But when you're fighting one v one, even if it's against, I know some people are saying like, "Oh, it's Alvin Kamara. He is a professional athlete. He has an unfair advantage." Yeah, unfair advantages exist in real life. That's the chance you take when you're an idiot. That's why I don't challenge people to fights at bars or anywhere. Really, you never know. People, especially people who are willing to get in fights, they are usually people who have some sort of training, have done this before, who will beat you with experience because they've been in bar fights, they're nasty, and they like to fight. I have met guys like that who are literally looking for, like they're getting drunk and looking for fights. Like literally say to my face, I'm looking for a fight tonight. I think I'm going to get in a fight. And I'm like, what? Some people go out like that. They go out looking for fights. It's a thing that people do. So that's why you should not get in a fight with a random stranger at a bar. Now, if a person pulls a knife or a gun, obviously not okay. That is an unfair advantage. But if it is hand-to-hand combat, I say go for it, even if it's unfair. That's your problem. You shouldn't have put yourself in that situation. And then if it's unprovoked and they try to hit you, again, dishonorable, cowardly. Suspension. So, unless they're outside the NFL and then, you know, that's not neither here nor there. But either way, the video from Alvin Kamara clearly shows a dishonorable and cowardly act where he, the guy tried to get on the elevator. Alvin Kamara told him no, he couldn't get on the elevator. I assume because Alvin Kamara wanted to, Kamara wanted to ride the elevator by himself with his posse, which is him and four other guys, um, three other guys. So it's him and three other guys. One of them was a former player. I think the other two might have either just been friends or bodyguards. I'm not sure. Sometimes the difference is blurred there. And he wouldn't let him on. The guy hit his hand off of him. And then somebody punched him. That is a proven fact. That's what happened. It's not like allegedly nothing like that. And then they get pushed into a hallway. And as I'm reading this story and going through the video and everything, I'm like, oh, wow, this is graphic. And wait for the kicker here after I explain this part. I know this is old news, so I'll get through it. 
but the four guys are stomping, punching, kicking, everything on this one dude. So it's 4v1, cowardly dishonorable, 4v1 on this guy. Alvin Kamara was heard on recording, if not recording, then someone else said that he said it, that I connected with that inward jaw so hard. So obviously, you know, he knew what he was doing. He, he meant to do what he was doing. And we got it on video of him stomping a guy's face in. So it's not, he's guilty. In the eyes of the court, he pled no contest, which means that he is neither guilty nor innocent, but he is not contesting the fact that he was guilty. So that would be the equivalent of if someone's like, did you fart? And you're like, well, I'm not saying I didn't fart, but I'm not saying I did fart. We're like, okay, yeah, you farted, but you're just not saying it out loud. And we have it on video recording, in this case with Alvin Kamara, of him stomping a guy's face in. And after reading all this, this is the kicker that I mentioned earlier. It was 6.30 in the morning. My God. At a club at 6.30 a.m. That is, that is beyond me. I don't, I've never been in that lifestyle, but after like 2 a.m., you know, what they say on How I Met Your Mother, nothing good happens after 2 a.m. In this case, nothing, I don't even know how you would even say that, but because 6.30 is just the morning. It's not even like, you know, like 3 a.m. is still night. Like, oh, it was 3 a.m. That's, people are like, that's night, yeah. But if you're like, that's 6.30 a.m. That's 30 minutes after I wake up. What? You were at a club, drunk, getting into a, not a fight. That wasn't a fight. That was a beatdown. They jumped him. 4v1. A fight is 1v1. But, <laughs> yeah, they, they did that. So if he gets less than four games, I'll be very surprised. I think that he should get four games at the very least. Um, I don't think it should be more than six. Um, he's paid for the guy's medical bills. I'm sure he will get taken to civil court. It will be a little bit harder for the guy in civil court because he won't be able to acknowledge the no, um, the no contest plea. That's kind of the benefit of the no contest is that when he gets taken to civil court, they can't reference the trial really at all from what I understand. So that's yeah, good for him, I guess. But yeah, Alvin Kamara is a piece of crap. And this is coming from someone who is a Panthers fan where Ray Carruth was a murderer who's also a Hornets fan where Miles Bridges got in trouble for beating his girlfriend. And, and then she came back and said that he didn't beat her. And then she like he filed a restraining order on her. So I am no stranger to these crazy allegations and things. But we got this one on video, y'all. So it's pretty night and day. And the NFL, historically speaking, does not like things on video. They are okay if it's just said, if they're like, hey, Ray Rice beat his girlfriend or hit his girlfriend. And everyone's like, oh, he should not do that. Give him a four-game suspension. And the NFL's like, uh, best we can do is whatever. I don't remember exactly the games and the numbers. But then the video came out of him knocking his girlfriend out. And punching the crap out of her. And everyone's like, oh, that should be an eight-game suspension. I'm like, what did you think it looked like? What did you think it looked like when a premier elite NFL athlete punches a 110-pound woman in the face? What did you think it looked like? That's what I don't understand about people. And I'm like, what did you think this Alvin Kamara video looked like? Oh, it was 4v1. Oh, yeah, that sounds bad. Y'all been watching too many movies. You know what 4v1 means? It means attempted murder. They about killed that man. 
Now, I know that might seem like an exaggeration, but my God, and they beat him for a while. It was probably like 20, 30 seconds. Now, you might be saying, 20, 30 seconds, that's not that long. Go ahead and take one punch, but then do it, I don't know, uh, let's see, in 30 seconds. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, you can get off probably about 30 seconds, 30 punches. Yeah. You, and you got two hands, so who knows how many. So go ahead and take 30, 40 punches and let me know how it feels. Oh, and then multiply that by four. That is what we are dealing with in this scenario. So that may or may not affect the Panthers come week two. Regardless, it doesn't matter to me. We had no problem with the Saints when they had Alvin Kamara last year. And the quarterback situation, I don't think, has evolved that much. So, you know, it is what it is. You've got a shinier piece of crap than you did last year. And I'm a fan of Derek Carr. I like him as a person. But as a quarterback, meh, you know, I'm not, he's not doing anything for me. He's, he's kind of reached his potential. I don't, I don't think that I'm going to be too impressed with him this season. He has a lot of weapons. So if he can't do it this year, and he has a good defense, that was always the knock. Uh, the Raiders as to why he couldn't do anything. So pressure's on, Derek. Let's see how it holds up. You've never really had to have pressure before. You, well, I guess one time you did and you lost and you got hurt the only year that the Raiders were really good. So I'll give you the benefit of the doubt there. But otherwise, you know, you really haven't had to face that much pressure or preseason expectations. Everyone's kind of decided that the Raiders are the punching bag of the NFL, the Browns are the punching bag of the NFL. Those are the two. Used to be Texans and Jaguars. Texans it still is. Jaguars not anymore since Trevor Lawrence got a coach who wasn't an idiot. I'm a big fan of Doug Peterson. But, you know, it is what it is at this point. And uh, Bryce Young has looked good. LaVisca Chenault, y'all, I know I've said it before, but he might be a secret weapon. He's getting a full training camp this year. He's coming out of the backfield. You might as well call him LaVisca Samuel or Debo Chenault. He is looking like Debo Samuel. I don't think you should pick him up in fantasy or anything, but he could be a dark horse candidate to get quite a few touchdowns. And that's why I'm most excited to see LaVisca is in the red zone, getting him in a few different packages, a few different looks, and getting him the ball in the backfield. And I wonder if he can throw because if he can throw and catch and run and he can come out of the backfield or as a receiver, he, the red zone is going to be where he eats the most. So he might eat a fair share of red zone targets. And we have some other red zone targets as well. You have someone like Hayden Hurst who's going to eat some red zone targets too. That's what we need down in the red zone, especially with a rookie quarterback. We need a guy who can make quick decisions who can use some weapons and get rewarded for making smart decisions. And at this point, I wouldn't worry too much about the interceptions because Frank Reich has already said he's basically asking Bryce Young to try things out and see if things work, basically making a throw in it. Let's just see if it works. Let's see if you can make that throw in that position. Let's see if you can make that throw on that play call or hit that route if you do this. And... If you think about it, if there is, let's just say, three receivers and one tight end and a running back, and you have a quarterback, then you have possibly five routes that are being run at one time. And then you have to test those five routes against all these different looks, all these different defenses to see what throws you can make, what looks you'll get, 
how that's going to work out for you. So just in one play, you have five different options times the, I don't know, 20 different looks you can get in defenses. So it's like you have 100 throws to test out. So at some point, you're going to throw some picks and make some decisions just to see what happens. You know, you have nothing to lose at this point. You might as well just see. You know, it's like warming up in basketball. Oh, why not just take a between-the-leg shot to see if you make it? Why not throw up one from half court? There's no consequences. You might as well. That's how training camp is. No consequences, and the decisions reflect as such. So seeing Bryce Young throw interceptions should not be alarming to you. Seeing him throw touchdowns should not make you celebrate too much. But I will say... Out of the two, obviously you're going to prefer to see touchdowns rather than interceptions. We don't want reports coming out of our camp like they are with the Falcons where Desmond Ritter can't throw beyond 20 yards on the field when we've seen Bryce Young hit deep routes all day long. And it was mentioned specifically on the Pat McAfee show, Adam Pac-Man Jones, you might remember him from the NFL as someone else who had some disciplinary issues, but was also good. Um, He mentioned specifically that that throw by Bryce Young was not underthrown. It was the only place that the receiver could get it. So all you people out there saying he should have just let him or that ball was underthrown or he should have just thrown it further. You're wrong. So eat that. It was a good throw. Back shoulder. Only place this receiver could get it per multiple NFL players. And I just want you all to know you don't know as as much as them because they've been there. They've seen it. Day in and day out. You can watch as much as you want on the internet and TV, but you're not studying it in game film for a job being one of the best DBs in the NFL. And that's why Adam Pacman Jones was there for a little bit. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Um, hopefully you get a chance to go out to Fan Fest tonight. If not, then um, hopefully you'll be able to training camp. I'll see you at the Jets joint practice. I hope you all have a good rest of your day. See you later. Peace.